there's the common gym class hero moment, the incident that can be seen amongst everyday men. Then there's a whole different degree of gym class hero. When the financially elite show their true colors, we call this the billionaires behaving badly gym class hero moment. A gym class hero. The guy or group of guys in high school or junior high that always kicked everyone's asses in games and basically made you feel even more shitty about your own suckiness. Welcome to the Gym Class Hero Podcast, where participation trophies go to die. Over the course of the past two weeks, we've had a couple of dust-ups hit the radar that our investigators need to take a little bit of a closer look at. Uh, before we get started, let's meet those investigators, heroes, who we got today. What up, y'all? It's Perez coming from South Charlotte, where the young come to get old. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Who else we got on the show today? Hey, this is Burns coming from Uptown Charlotte, not too far from Perez. Some uh, playoff football today on this beautiful Sunday. It is uh, Division NFL Sunday. We just watched the Houston Texans take a 24 to nothing leap and uh, probably give up 41 straight points, uh, and it all fell apart. So Kansas City going to play Tennessee in the AFC Championship, and we've got the Packers-Seahawks game coming up. So we're going to try our best to get the hell out of here with the quickness. Episode 5 of the Gym Class Hero Podcast. I'm your host, creator, and lead investigator, Thomas Michael. Let's get to it. As you've already met today's investigators, Perez and Bernsey, let's jump right into our first offender. He is the most well-known owner of a sports team on the planet. He once made the statement, I hate losing so much, I'd rather risk it all than play it safe. This right here falls directly in line with the gym class hero mantra, win at all costs. We respect that for sure. Sometimes, though, that means turning a blind eye to rules and regulations. All great titans of industry walk that sketchy line of right and wrong. Mr. Jerry Jones is a prime example of this in a billionaire's behaving badly gym class hero moment. Not necessarily walking the line, he instead straddles it one foot on both sides and look no further than the search for the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone and their mother knew that Mr. Jason Garrett was about to pick up his pink slip, right? Well, uh, Jerry needed some new blood to run America's team. But back in 2003, the NFL implemented its version of affirmative action, guaranteeing that the owner of an NFL franchise must interview at least one guy that is not a white dude for any open head coaching position. They call it the Rooney rule. Most think the rule is flawed. Jerry Jones recently showed us exactly why that is true. 24 hours after giving Jason Garrett the boot and 24 hours before Mike McCarthy was announced as the next head coach of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, he fulfilled his obligation to the Rooney rule. Barely. <laughs> Neatly placed between firing and hiring, Jerry brought in former Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis for an interview. A man that has been on absolutely zero radars when discussing potential head coaching vacancies. Absolutely zero. Out of coaching altogether in 2019, Marvin previously had led his Bengals team to over a decade without a playoff win. <laughs> Essentially making him the Jason Garrett of Ohio. Now, we shouldn't even really call this an interview. Felt more like an obligation. But there Jerry was, checking the box, doing the bare minimum. 
with a man who got the interview simply because of the color of his skin, not his coaching ability. Jones, a leader of men and business, could have set a better example of fairness and equality. Instead, he embodied the billionaires behaving badly, gym class hero mindset. Sure, he didn't make the rule. However, he could have done better. Heroes, thoughts on Jerry and the Rooney rule? Yeah, man, it's garbage. You know, I, I feel bad for good old Marv. Uh, not because he got interviewed, but because he spent 10 years in Cincinnati. I hear that's a terrible, terrible place. Um, Ohio. Just Ohio, the armpit of America. We have a joke down here in Charleston. I know in Charlotte, it's a lot about Pennsylvania, upstate New York, you know, that type of people that transplants down to the south. Uh, here in Charleston, it's always somebody from Ohio. Always. <laughs> there's Yeah, there's a lot of Ohioans in Charlotte as well, um, and they all hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you ever want to go back? Hell no. Yeah. Um, the armpit of America is New Jersey. Fair. It's probably. A good I, can't, assessment. I, I can't. I can't argue with that. I've been there. It's I know pretty what good that's assessment. Like. That's kind of their nickname. I just, I just want to clarify that. It, it smells kind of weird. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to feel a little bad for Marv. Of course, he's a Cincinnati reject, and that takes a lot. But you know, bringing him in, I wouldn't call him a reject. Now they they let this man stay as a head coach. For 10 years without a playoff win. I mean, they gave him a lot of time there. He did absolutely nothing. I feel like he should be like the coach of the Titans. Like him and Jeff Fisher should be hangout buddies because Jeff Fisher had to hang around going 8-8 eight and eight every single year. 9-7 and seven some years, sometimes 7-9, but always averaging 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, very good uh, at mediocre. Total mediocrity. I don't know, man. That's just not cool to like just have somebody come in just because they're black. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, dude. What's the point? It's just a dog and pony show, man. Like, if that's not the coach you want, why be obligated to hire him? There are plenty of minority coaches that can get jobs based off of merit. <laughs> I mean. I think what would be cool is if uh, they hired Marvin as the defensive coordinator. You know, I mean, he was an excellent defensive coordinator before. He became a head coach, and that would get him back in the league, get him back with some credentials, let him get a, a body of work with the defense, and go from there. So do you think that Jerry Jones was actually thinking that Marvin Lewis had any sort of place on his new roster? No, I, I think, you know, I, I don't think anybody in Dallas is going to uh, go up in arms if they hire him as a defensive coordinator. I just don't think there was any chance that he would be a head coach with his record and playoff record. I totally couldn't agree with you more the best defense that marv lewis ever implemented was the defense against winning a playoff game by putting red rifle as starting quarterback that was genius <laughs> andy dalton listen man he did make the playoffs a lot of times andy dalton did but he's like kind of like Kirk cousins up until you know last weekend <laughs> jim kelly can tell you all about making the big game uh, well, listen, Jim Kelly went to four straight Super Bowls. That's a whole lot different than the Red Rifle. I'm just saying, getting there and doing it, two different things. That's true. You got it. Jerry Jones really probably should look himself in the mirror and be like, could I have done better about this? It was so clearly transparent. I don't think Jerry thought twice about it, to be honest. I don't think he's losing sleep one bit. He's probably like, whatever. That's true. You know what? It's not Jerry Jones's place to necessarily be the good guy of football. He hasn't been no. up to this point. He doesn't give a shit. He was like, dude, I did what you asked, whatever. Dude, <laughs> people need to understand. I think people just forget that the NFL is run by a bunch of billionaire white dudes. 
you could say that you know you have the NFL Players Association, you have Roger Goodell, whatever. At the end of the day, these billionaire white dudes run the league, and that, that's not changing for a while. It's the, it's the main reason why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job right now. Yeah, you know, this is the thing is you've got 32 of America's richest individuals, correct? Or, you know, some sort of group put together that owns an NFL franchise. Well, you really got to think about it. They don't like to be told what to do, and that's probably not how they got there in the first place. So, yeah, I guess that's a really good point. What's the point of making them interview a minority when you know they're just going to do what they're going to do and did exactly like Jerry did, the bare minimum? I can picture, like, Jerry and Bob Kraft and these guys drinking their cognac, smoking their cigars, and literally, like, belly laughing at the fact that Jerry had to interview Marv Lewis and them like belly laughing like laughing out loud like hysterically at the fact that they that the the public thinks that they have some kind of control over these guys (laughs) money and money is power dude these guys own everything they don't care they're like they're they're trying to be PC but at the end of the day dude they're gonna do whatever they want to do every time okay 32 guys basically that run the world yeah probably sitting around laughing at the rest of us thinking there's some sort of social justice out there, but <laughs> these guys going to do what they're going to do. Billionaires behaving badly. Jim class zero moments. The only thing that's funnier than them laughing at the, the idea that they have rules is when they get a fine. <laughs> then they're really laughing. <laughs> yeah. It's like Robert Kraft doesn't mind cheating because, okay, it's a little those, pocket change. <laughs> dude, those guys play roulette, like credit card roulette at the at the dinner table for like normal people where like you put your debit card in and whoever draws the card has to pay for dinner. Yeah. That's what they do with these fines. They just laugh about it. They're like, all right, whatever. Um, the way that the NFL runs the fine system, that is another gym class hero moment for another day, by the way. <laughs> we'll get to that in a future episode. Before giving the next example, let me preface this with we kind of love the guy. we're openly a little biased as he's made our hometown his new sports fiefdom. (laughs) Yeah. A centerpiece of episode four makes his return in his billionaire behaving badly gym class hero moment. The richest and newest owner of an NFL franchise, David Tepper, stock trading maverick and makeover artist of the Carolina Panthers. We won't get into all that the man has done since he's made a home in Charlotte, North Carolina, a little over two years ago. Instead, we'll focus on the hiring of his new head coach, Matt Rule. More specifically, the press conference that ensued. Easily the biggest decision he's made since purchasing the Panthers, his head coaching search came to a very quick conclusion. And he was visibly amped about his hire of Baylor head coach, Matt Rule. So much so, he gave the dude a seven-year contract worth almost $10 million a year. That's some Gruden stuff right there. A move that... Upset the apple cart among NFL owners. Again, another topic for another time. (laughs) David Tepper, gym class hero everywhere. Uh, That, folks, is what we call commitment. Something else Tepper seems to be very committed to. Getting it on with his hot, much younger second wife, Nicole Bronish. If you weren't aware that he acts like a 14-year-old filled with raging hormones when he's around her, you certainly became aware of it during Matt Rule's introductory press conference. Old DT, not afraid to show his billionaire's behaving gym class hero moment 
As the press conference is wrapping up, everyone of importance lines up for the obligatory picture, you know, on stage holding up some Panthers gear, right? Nicole, his wife, joins Tepper, Rule, and Panther general manager Marty Herney on the stage. Click, 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 you know, pictures being taken from all angles. And all of a sudden, you see Nicole jump from being startled. You look at Tepper, a big smirk comes across his face. She reaches back, grabs his hand, and places it on her hip. Y'all saw that, right? <laughs> Did DT just grab himself a big old handful of butt cheek? <laughs> yes, folks. That is exactly what happened on stage in front of hundreds of people. After making his biggest decision as an owner thus far, Tepper, in all his excitement, gives his wife a little bit of a preview of what's to come when they get home later on. <laughs> She was a little embarrassed. He was giddy. David Tepper, let me tell you, man, we salute you in this billionaires behaving badly gym class hero moment. Heroes, thoughts? I, I absolutely love it. The guy, he literally has nobody to tell him what to do what at all or not to do. Burns, you got to think about it. Probably the only person that could get away with that is that woman, <laughs> you know? It's probably the only person that's going to tell David Tepper what to do about anything. Yeah, but like, we're, it's it's more of like a jokingly stop it, like, <laughs> like not like. <laughs> oh no, I don't think like she it. was offended. I I mean, certainly she had to have been embarrassed. <laughs> the roaring riot was like, yeah, that's my guy, my that's my owner right there, grabbing butt cheeks on camera in front of hundreds. Does anybody know how old she is? Uh, continue amongst yourselves while I do a little bit of research here. <laughs> I'm looking at it, and you cannot find it. That's because he owns, like, that part of Google. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's so rich. I'll say this. One, it would have been 50 times more funny if he would have just developed a massive erection right there on stage. <laughs> and then just said it was the, it was the pleats. In the, in the pants. <laughs> Let me ask you this. It's an, it's an optical illusion. It's an optical illusion. Let me ask you all this. Have you seen the uh, whole controversy about the Cats uh, movie with Jason Derulo and how he's got like a big hog? <laughs> like, no. Hang, all right, so, so there's this picture, right, of Deru- Jason Derulo and he's in his <laughs> underwear and it's just like, it's like his hog is just trying to literally come out of his boxer briefs, right? Like, it's just like <laughs> literally right to the, to the band on his leg, right? <laughs> okay. They, they call him the Puma. <laughs> what a, what if Tepper had a dong that big? <laughs> Dude. And it just, all of a sudden you just see his little like. You know, listen, David Tepper's not a typical owner. He's not running around in, like, Armani suits. He wears, like, khakis and a pullover, you know, hoodies and stuff. So, you know, what if he was wearing some sweatpants? You know, you know, the sweatpants boner. Oh, man. <laughs> just, he just got to walk it off. The second thing that I was going to say is... Uh, got to tug it? He just got to tug it, you know, just put it into the belt buckle area. The second thing I was going to say is, how pissed do you got to be when you're like uh, Jerry Richardson sitting at home and seeing that and being like, dude, all I did was ask for a foot massage or something. <laughs> I tried to put a lady's seatbelt on. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, was, I brushed her breasts. <laughs> speaking of billionaire status, like how quickly did that disappear? Oh, like, man. He, Is he like, dead? They brought it up and he was like, oh, I think I'm just going to leave. Oh. And uh, nothing was ever said about it ever again. <laughs> I'm just going to sell a top 15 Forbes 
sports valuable franchise. You know, like it's time real to go. Fast. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. I ain't got time to deal with this crap. Yeah, that, that is definitely Jerry Richardson billionaire behaving badly. Jim Class era moment. Charlotte's starting to get a little bit of reputation, and I'm going to say I'm not even mad. All yeah, right, we're a bit grabby. Hey, we, got, we got Michael Jordan too. He's bound to do some shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, listen, you know Jordan's paid a lot of people to keep a lot of things quiet over the years, I'm sure. That's really all you got to say is what Burns said it right on the head. You know, it's Michael Jordan. He's bound to do some shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all you got to say. He's going to do some shit. I love it, man. You got to love these uber rich guys. Literally, it gets to a certain point in financial wealth where... What are they going to do? If you're not doing anything criminal, you're just doing something socially unacceptable. Should you even care? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you do have to be a little bit careful. Like the I, dude from the Clippers. I'm found just, out listen, yeah, he's a racist. That's like he's inherent. He has inherent racist. Everything that like comes through his brain is racist. And that's unacceptable. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about, like, don't break this rule. You know, this isn't the social norm. Of course, they're going to abide by it in a, in a certain way. But, you know, in the back of their head, they're all like, F this. <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> Gym class heroes. Billionaires behaving badly. Before we move on to everyone's favorite game, pick one. Can you guys think of any other examples of billionaires behaving badly? Oh, just uh, maybe a hand job or two uh, down in, what is it, Jupiter, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Robert Kraft. Guys, I have to to tell this story because I I just started with a new company, LGI Homes. So they were still a young company. This was back in 2010. And they were the only builder in the downturn in 2008. They were the only builder to have sustained growth over those three years. And they still weren't big back then, but they got invited to the top 100, um, the Builder 100 meet that year. And they were given an award suddenly as one of the, the top producing builders that year for the most growth. And the, the, the CEO, who was the founder's son, um, and his team were there, and they weren't aware that they were getting the award until about 15 minutes before. So they put together this speech real quick. The dude gets up, and I, and I got to meet the guy. He's very genuine, and you could tell, you know, they they got money. And he gets up on stage, and they they showed us the video. It's pretty cool. In front of all these builder representatives and vice presidents, presidents, CEOs, owners of companies, and basically for 10 minutes, just lets these guys know that their way sucks. <laughs> and that his way is the greatest. And he uses air quotes like five times when referring to their salespeople, their processes, like all their systems. And he basically was looking them dead in the face and was like, "We're coming for you." <laughs> and he he hasn't been invited back since. It's uh, I thought don't, I thought that was such a boss move. I'm like, dude, I gained so much more respect for you just by seeing that video. Like. I'm all about it. You know you're really disrespecting someone when you're continuously air quoting them. Oh man, I was like, you know, you, you see the the beginning of the video and you're expecting him to do what all the other speakers do and like thanks to my team and all this stuff. Nah, dude, he starts like right when he gets up there, he gets in on them. <laughs> all of the the trainees there were just like dying. It was hilarious and it was a total gym class hero moment. The coolest part about it is he did exactly what he said he was going to do and now like we're number 10. We're going to be number five in the next few years and total boss move. Jesus, man. 
stepped right in there. Guns a blazing. <laughs> no old prisoner. Uh, just as a quick qualifier, think dude's worth a billion? No, 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 no. Okay, well, you know what? We'll call <laughs> this the— I know his, his father, the founder, who doesn't work anymore, I know that he's with his stock options, he's worth $200 million. Okay, well, listen. We'll call that the close enough to a billionaire— Behaving badly, Jim Class Hero moment. Very boss move from the home building industry. All right, now that we've knocked out a couple of billionaires behaving badly, Jim Class Hero moments, let's get to everyone's favorite game, pick one. If you've never hung with us before, very simple. Put the fellas in two different scenarios, let them pick one. Neither one of them are great. <laughs> you ready for this, gentlemen? Oh, oh yeah. All right, heroes, you've decided to challenge yourself. You're going to join the Navy SEALs, okay? But... Before the glory comes the grind. The grind being the Bud's SEAL training program. <laughs> okay. The most grueling test of strength, mental fortitude, and willpower the United States military could ever possibly put you through. Blood, broken bones, torture techniques, hand-to-hand combat, 50-mile hikes with 50 pounds on your back, heck, swimming with sharks. Okay. The most brutal shit you can do to your body without it being criminal. Now, you've got two options. You can either, A, complete the Bud SEAL training program. You actually have shocked your instructors and are breaking all types of longstanding records established by some of the most badass men on the planet. Training exercise after training exercise, you dominate and embarrass all of your fellow classmates, right? Despite broken bones, fingers, and a splintered femur, ow, you've come out on the other side as number one. In fact, you then go on to be the greatest Navy SEAL ever produced, the most manly of all manly men to have ever lived, or be the very first person to drop out of the BUDS training program. In fact, you don't even make it through the first exercise. Halfway through, you stop in pain, lay down on the ground in the fetal position, and start sobbing like a six-year-old girl who just got her favorite doll taken from her by the big, ugly, bully girl down the street. (laughs) There's a whole lot of pointing and laughing. Why did this dude even try? I saw my sister get further on this same course. Should we call his mom? (laughs) You've proven... You are a little bitch, bitch. (laughs) Okay. However, the catch is first person to drop out of the buds program gets $1 million on the spot. You're embarrassed and a disgrace to all men, (laughs) but Hey, you just got paid fellas. Pick one. Uh, Give me all the money, uh, Bob. I'll take the million dollars right now. All right. Let me just say, Burns, I'm so incredibly disappointed in you. There hasn't been one answer that Burns hasn't taken the money without thought. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't even know what the other one was. I heard money, and I'm taking that. Seriously, who gets, like, this news of, you know, the great Navy SEALs? And, like, this is not, like, public knowledge. You know, it might be within the circles of Navy SEALs or Army people. But really, I mean... Who gives a shit? So you're saying that the recognition doesn't compare to the money? Yes. I could do so much with a million dollars that would put me and set me up for the rest of my life. A Navy SEAL Medal of Honor 
and and the recognition of my peers is not going to do shit for me for the rest of my life. Okay, but let me again say this. The most manly man to have ever lived. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's pretty big, right? You, I mean, you just hold your you hold your breath and you grow a full beard. The most manly man to have ever lived. That is a, that's a big deal, man. You ever, you ever heard of a guy named Dan Bazilian or whatever his name is? Bilzerian? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll be that guy. Okay, but he was a Navy SEAL. Damn, by it, the way. damn it. By the way. He was yeah. he was definitely a not Navy a good seal. example, Burn. Yeah. I picked the wrong example. <laughs> he made all of his money gambling, but uh, yeah, he's definitely a former Navy SEAL. He's talked about how he actually finished the Bud's SEAL training program uh, with two broken legs <laughs> and failed and went back and did it again. Pe- no, 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 no. He failed and went back and did it again. Yeah. Yeah, Burns, that was like the worst example I've ever heard of, ever. <laughs> all, right, Pete, Pete, all right, so listen, Burns is pulling his typical, I, I'm, I'm an anti-gym class hero. I'm not trying to dominate the competition. I'm just trying to take the smooth sailing. So, Perez, what's your answer? I mean, I'm taking that money. Okay. Uh, <laughs> after all that junk, here he goes. He's taking the money. All right, explain yourself, I mean, young man. You know, I could do a lot of things manly, and I don't have to be num- I don't have to be number one. You know, it's not a competition for me. Okay, all right. He likes to be number two. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad that you. You know, when you're talking about coming out the other side, I definitely don't want to be number two. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Here we, Here we go. go. I see what you did there, Perez. Both of our heroes today taking the cash and running over the glory. <laughs> All right. I'll buy myself some tears <laughs> to cry. <laughs> I love it, guys. All right, well, y'all, if there's anything we've learned today, not all gym class heroes are created equal. Some play on a much fancier field than the rest of us. <laughs> Somebody's got to be the 1%, right? Jerry skirts rules. Tepper puts his hand up skirts. You know, true to form, billionaires behaving badly gym class hero moments. And I'll say this, y'all. The harder you look, the easier they are to see. Gym class hero moments, they're all around you, folks. And if you think you've spotted one and aren't quite sure of your gym class hero instincts, we've got you. Slide into those Instagram DMs at Gym Class Hero Podcast. We'd be happy to investigate. And don't forget to check out all our episodes, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, basically anywhere you can find a podcast at Gym Class Hero Podcast. Perez, can you real quick tell the folks how to find you on the social meds? Uh, yeah, um, it's pretty easy. You just have to be my friend. I don't <laughs> let anybody that's not a friend find me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say easy for the word. But if you know a friend of a friend, then uh, come right in. Not, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Love it, Burns. Um, are we calling? Are we calling her a girlfriend yet? Uh, uh, oh. Whoa, Tomba, putting him on Jesus. the side, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I'm flying down to the Dominican in a week, and I was gonna, I was gonna ask her. You gonna make it official? This, this isn't like this isn't like third grade where it's like. Will you be my girlfriend? I absolutely 100% think you should write a note. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and, and I'm, yep, I'm going to bring it with me and on the beach 
get down on one knee and give her that note. Yes, I love it. I love it. I'll take a picture and I'll take a second picture with the note and it's going to be on Facebook and Instagram tomorrow. <laughs> I got to say, uh, I've been waiting just to ask you that question publicly real quick. So, uh, Dang, th- blowing it up. Thanks, Burns. Investigations and laughs, y'all. That's what we do around here. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this as always. <laughs> Again, I am Thomas Michael, lead investigator of the Gym Class Hero podcast. Thanking y'all for kicking it with us for episode five. And just remember, we've all got a little Gym Class Hero in us. It's just one dominant victory away from rearing its ugly head. We'll see y'all for episode six.